Yeah, I think you're being extremely disrespectful with that statement. Um, looking at just a couple of three-win teams, I mean, Browns and Bengals both have three-win teams, and both those teams are better top to bottom than than uh, Houston. I mean, Stroud has been the pleasant surprise this year. The, the receiving core has been a pleasant surprise coming off. Um, the defense even has been playing. I think th- this whole team has been playing better Houston football than anybody anticipated them doing, but – um, to discount, you know, when you're talking about the best three and three team, to discount the Browns, the Bengals. All about the Balls Podcast. With Mark Davis, Chris Kameinhart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Hello and welcome to All About the Boss Podcast. I'm Mark Davis in the sack house with Luke Rule and Nick the Docs Kirkwins as we're here to recap week six with what just ended with the Cowboys and Chargers. Pretty crazy ending. Cowboys won 2017 on an interception that Herbert threw. Luke, I start with you though. Ravens started off Sunday in London, opened up the Sunday games for us as you guys won literally on Justin Tucker's leg. It seemed like the Ravens offense couldn't find the end zone, but a win is a win, and how are you feeling? Yeah, feeling good. I mean, it's all, always – like, you never know what's going to happen when you guys travel over to London. Uh, Ravens took – decided to go early this year. Since last time we went to London, we got blown out. So, looks like the the early move went. The good bonding experience for the team. You know, a lot of teammates are we're talking about, like, bonding in the hotel rooms, going out, exploring London, practicing, hanging out with the soccer team. So, probably a cool experience overall and get the dub and come back. So yeah, good, good, fo- good football week for me. I didn't have to watch UCF lose, and I am still undefeated in fantasy. So yes, you're well, also unbeaten in dy- you're also winless. I'm sorry in dynasty. So you are yeah. a, a, two different uh, stories there. Tank, I'm taking in that one. <laughs> at that point. Yeah, and Doc the Bears. Yeah, you haven't played Doc yet. You will be getting the Doc eventually. I, in the, I have not won a league. game, so I would not have my no, hopes I mean, too high. <laughs> but. Uh, Doc, the Bears, Justin Fields gets hurt, dislocates his thumb. He's already been ruled out for week seven against the Raiders. Um, you lost 19-13. I know you're somewhat excited because you do want those top two picks. Riz loves pissed off because he wanted the Vikings to lose as well. So, I mean, I guess are you happy? Are you upset? I, I don't know the mood you're in at the moment for the, the Chicago Bears. Honestly, I, I'm happy with the loss, honestly. I mean, it, it's we're, we're not going to compete for – even if we compete for a playoff, we're not going to compete for a deep push. So let's fucking break it down. Let's get the let's get the draft picks. Whether we go quarterback or not, um, even if we go wide receiver defense, I mean, we're, we're going to improve. We're going to improve. So let's let's pop these losses. Let's get a couple of good draft picks this year. Um, only game I'm torn on this year is when we play the Panthers. You know. You beat well. You beat them, and then you both have one win, and the other teams will win. So that you guys are stuck with one one win each. Don't don't take the win. So you guys are two. Let them win, and now you're both at one win for the rest of the year. That's what I'm saying. So uh, with that, it's better odds to get at least one. You know, overall first pick, and then uh, you know the other team. You know, hopefully, hopefully a first and third or something. Yeah, and um, you guys, you Chris and uh, Luke. All three of you guys had the Bears winning a playoff game. I had to apparently rewatch the tape last night after the argument we had. Well, mainly you two had in the that part of the conversation last night. So I did watch the tape last night after the Sunday night game. I looked at it. You guys, all three had the Bears winning. Oh, I think Chris – no, Chris had them in the playoffs, but you two had them winning a game. So very bad prediction, I guess you can say. It's only six you, weeks in. You play. said winning games. The argument was winning the division. Who did I have winning the division? You had the Vikings as the one seed in the NFL or All the right. NFC. All right. Which is not which is also gonna be which is also not correct neither, but uh, no no, listen, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm right there, but the argument was that I had the Bears winning the division. Did I have the Bears winning the division? No, both you and Luke had the Vikings. Say it louder for Luke in the back. Did I have the Bears? Winning the division. Hey, close no, enough. You have in the playoffs. But part of the conversation was you also expect them to be good, too. You also said that you didn't expect them to be that good, neither. So you were half right, half wrong. But yeah. the Falcons boys lost uh, fucking on the offense. I play calling as well. I, I I get it. The defense gave up three touchdowns. We yeah. had an argument last yesterday, too. But I did the math. All three touchdowns, it came from the 11-yard line. So they had to go 11 yards. They had to go 27 yards and 52 yards. That is short field. 
all day long for the defense. You, you put them in a bad spot when they didn't have to fucking go short fields. They only scored three points on us. So I blame the offense. I blame Ritter. Three interceptions is horrible. Play calling, too, with Arthur Smith. Wasn't a fan of that. We did lose uh, on the offensive end. I, I expect the defense to get under 200 yards. And really, when you didn't fucking handicap them, they, get, they fucking put the pressure on Sam Howe. We had a good game with short field. But Chris is not here, unfortunately, boys. The Saints did lose uh, to the Houston Texans. Uh, T.J. Stroud came out after that interception that we both called, me and him, and he looked like a good quarterback. He bounced back from it. Didn't have a huge passing game, but T.J. Stroud had a good game nonetheless. Yeah. And good, good thing about the Saints, yeah. dude. Good thing about the interception is they got the ball right back. Like that, well, right dude, on that same play, yeah. You fumbled it, so you got a little too excited with the pick. But It wasn't even – yeah, what was it? Not even the next play. The same exact interception play. The fucking yeah. defender gave it up. So. I think they, I think they gained yards on that play. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think yeah, it's a couple. I think, of that, like, yeah, <laughs> I think they did get positive field position on yeah. that. But I'm also very very happy that I can stop hearing the Raiders never lost at home. Fucking stat. Yeah, he's thirty one and one. Yeah, I'm tired tired of hearing that one. It's been all season we've been hearing Raider hasn't lost. I'm sorry, thirty one and one. What? He's uh-huh. thirty-one and one at home in college, and now the professional level. All right, well, we, ain't fucking, we ain't, we ain't fucking yeah. talking about college. All right, what's his what's his NFL home record? Well, he, he, yeah, he was like four and one or five and one now. But um, all right, so, so five I saw, and, but see, you, you can't bury the lead, dude. Five and one is a big. Well, people were also saying that there was a stat that went around. There's a stat that also went around last year that Trevor Lawrence has never lost a college game on Saturday or NFL game on Saturday. He's he's undefeated dude, on is... Saturday games, so. <laughs> Dude, this, I saw that last year. This yeah. is that ESPN shit talking about Tom Brady is the first quarterback to win on Thursday when kickoff is at seven thirty four, and <laughs> and kicking I, to the southwest at negative or, or at seven degrees Tom, to the northwest. Like Tom Brady's the the first quarterback to win in three countries. That's actually no. That, that's actually I say that that's a cool stat. Yeah. Like I, I'm not saying that's a big stat. Like that's a cool but, stat. But yeah, dude, yeah, ESPN <laughs> fucking digs deep sometimes talking about stats like. When you're talking, when you're when you're talking about, is it four? I mean, I know he won three three international. He won Germany, United States, and England. I think he might have played in Mexico. I'd have to look that up, but yeah, ESPN has some crazy stats. But boys, we have a pretty good show. I mean, we have a pretty good things to talk about. Uh, The NFL yesterday, the parody came back a little bit, and that. Speaking of that, we had two wild upsets. The Eagles. Fallen to the Jets for the first time in franchise history. I think no Shane Steichen's it's coming, it's looking pretty big for the, the Eagles. Their defense coordinator leaving doesn't look that big, but you know, not having Jalen Hurts or not having Shane Steichen looks big. And boys, also the 17 0 49ers who Luke chose to go 17 0, he has to step out real quick. Um, they he they lost to the Cleveland Browns stock, so two wild upsets last night. Uh, I don't know where we want to start here first. I, I'll start with the Niners. 17-0 was what Luke predicted. P.J. Walker hosted hosted the Niners with P.J. Walker, third-string QB, and I, I he didn't look great, but the defense controlled Purdy. McCaffrey got hurt. Williams got hurt. Debo got hurt. Williams did come back, though. But the Browns, though, big upset out in Cleveland. The only thing that is a big upset or that is big about this upset is the fact that it was P.J. Walker under center. I know that I talked about this last week on the show and said that, you know, my pick is contingent on Deshaun Watson starting and he didn't. Um, and, and, and the Browns still won. But I also talked about how the main reason that the Browns were winning that game when I picked them was the defense. This is the top defense in the league and they shut down the top offense in the league. This is a big difference from what we saw in Dallas talking about Dallas defense and how they're a top tier team in the NFL because of that. And they got absolutely shredded. Defense looked like Swiss cheese against the 49ers. So the the Browns defense came out, did exactly what we expect the Browns defense to do. And that is why I picked them in, in this upset. I wouldn't even, like, aside from P.J. Walker being under center, this ain't even a huge upset. This is exactly what we expected from this Cleveland defense to come out here and play against San Francisco. Injuries or not, I'm not, I don't even know that injuries would, you know, the lack of injuries would have made a difference. This Browns defense is fucking solid, top to bottom. This team is solid, top to bottom, in my opinion, except for, obviously, P.J. Walker starting. Um, but, I mean, good on him to come out here and get this win. And that that right there shows how strong this Cleveland defense is. I mean, yeah. they're the number, they're one of the top defenses. And the only game, Luke, real quick, that they had a bad game was against the Ravens because the offense 
did not do enough to keep the defense off the field. They were on the field for fucking forever, so they're ti- they're tired, they're worn out. Ravens took yeah. advantage of that. So that's the only bad game that they've had this year on the defensive end. Yeah, the, the Ravens were able to put on those like long long drives. They walk walking down the field and offense turned the ball over, put the defense back on the field, and just kind of kind of steamrolls at that point. Just kind of defense gets tired and they start giving up yards. But Browns defense, uh, they're legit. So I mean. I mean, it's not like Christian McCaffrey like didn't play the entire game. He played a good majority of the game before he got hurt, and he was he was doing decent. But it just kind of shows like is Brock Purdy as good without all the stars around him? Like he was he was struggling in there. And McCaffrey, the last two games, I mean, I know he's scoring a touchdown and like a huge streak he has when he plays games, but he hasn't had that you know big rushing yards and and passing in too. And that's the question: Are the Niners overusing him? Are, are they? Are they starting to wear him down? Like he seems like he gets majority of the touches, and you know it's only week six. Do you do you kind of want to like ease him in there? Jordan Mason looks solid as a number two, and then you still have Eli uh, Eli Mitchell, whatever Elijah Mitchell, whatever his name is, uh, as a third string. Who who's who is there? He's available, but I feel like the wear and tear on McCaffrey is going to wear him down, and that's going to put more pressure on Purdy, which is going to cause these upsets. I, I still think it's a huge upset. I mean, yeah, I get it, Cleveland's. Cleveland and I, I know it's PJ Walker, but yeah, we expect you it still lose their practice squad QB. It's kind of, it's going to be an upset. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's an upset, but I wouldn't say it is a huge upset. The only thing about this being a big upset is the fact that PJ Walker started and CMC. I gotta, I gotta agree with you a little bit there, Mark, because CMC coming off a couple injury plague seasons. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to ride him too hard because we've seen, you know, submissions in the last couple of years, but at the same time, he's also proven back that was heavily relied on in Carolina and still came out fine. You know, you've got to utilize weapons that you have. You're getting paid the money. You're playing the position in the NFL. I mean, you've got to be available to make plays. Yeah, but that's the thing is like you have a lot of other weapons too. You have George Kittle, Brand Ayuk, Debo, who did get hurt, yes, but I mean these are the guys that you're also paying too, or you drafted decently to play, which was Ayuk. He's still on his rookie deal, but yeah, but you ain't you gonna know, worry about getting overworked when you're CMC breaking tackles, dude. When you're when you're scoring 150 yards untouched, hey, you ain't got to worry about that shit. See, CMC's playing football. He's scoring a touchdown. You yes, goddamn right, baby. <laughs> but if I don't he's think on the field. Is, he's scoring. I don't think though this is a concern for the Niners. I think that you know we. We, I know Luke made a bold prediction, and I don't know if he truly meant it when he did his predictions, but if you ask the common fan, like, no team's going to go 17-0 in the regular season. So they were due for one. I mean, we expect it maybe a little later down the season, and maybe they'll still lose a couple more, but I don't think it's the end of the season. I think that they bounce back. I think the other team that might not bounce back because they have a tough schedule coming up is the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, I said it, Luke, when you had to step out real quick, yeah. Shane Steichen, the old offense cor- old offense coordinator, who now is the coach for the Colts. You know, when when we seen when he hasn't been the play caller for Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts has struggled, has not looked comfortable. Lane Johnson got hurt. He's one of the best right tackles in the NFL, one of the best tough. offensive linemen in the NFL. So he has a lot of sack and God knows when. And he goes down. Miles, DeAndre Swift couldn't run the ball. AJ Brown was seen like the only receiver that wanted to play football yesterday for the Eagles. And the defense yeah. did what they could do, but you know the Jets defense gave the Jets offense a good opportunity to win the game. Yeah, I mean, I, none, none of the like the Eagles haven't looked like great all season. Like they've looked like they're a beatable team every, like their season, like their schedule has been fairly easy so far. Like the toughest game they've had is against the Bucks, and they played well against them. But other than that, like they struggled against the Vikings, who were terrible. Struggled against the Patriots, who are terrible. Struggled against the Commanders, who are not great. The Rams are decent, but they still struggle with them. Then lost to the Jets. Like that, their seasons, like they have not been impressive at all. And they have a tough schedule too, Doc. Yeah. They have Dolphins. They're at home for the Dolphins, at the Commanders, home for the Cowboys, at the Chiefs, home for the Bills, home for the Niners, Cowboys again at the road, got to go to Seattle. They have a tough schedule coming up. So I, I don't know, man. Like I, Philly could be a sneaky team that gets knocked around, and they, they might not be as good as what we thought they were going to be coming into the season. Well, you, I mean, you expect a tough schedule. This is a winning football team, and uh... – the, the defense is solid. I mean, they were missing two huge pieces on defense this week in Jalen Carter and Darius Slay. Um, offensively, I mean, this is a great team offensively. To say, though, you know, Jalen Hurts is a, is a phenomenal quarterback, um, 
Jalen Hurts is a phenomenal Justin Fields in terms of rushing the football. As far as the arm goes, I mean, if, if Devontae Smith or or um, why am AJ I drawing Brown. a blank? AJ Brown, you know, get open deep. He's got a good arm, but that's like saying, you know, hitting the open Tyree kill down downfield. You know what I'm saying? So J- you got to remember, Jalen Hurts had like 3,800 passing yards last year. That's not elite for a quarterback. No, yeah. In a season where fans are screaming for MVP for Jalen Hurts, you know, even the rush, the rushing yards were great. Don't get me wrong, but what drove that was the rushing touchdowns. They're they're just great on you know inside the five get you know letting Jalen take the ball into the end zone by himself. But he he has not been an elite quarterback as far as passing the football. Um, you know, then they got the Philly the Philly push. You know, anything yeah, uh, inside two yards and, and the way they, yeah so stupid. It is what it is. Well, yeah. You know, defenses well, know it's coming. You got to you got to find a way to line up. You well, know it's, it's I, no, it's it's not that I don't like the. It's not that I, don't, I think it's a dumb play. It's that the defense can't do that for their own players, but the offense can do it. So I think it's bullshit that the offense gets the advantage and the defense can't use their. They can't push the leverage on their players to make you know room and you know push yeah. their guys into them. That's the only. Yeah, I, I think don't that's like. fair. That's the only. The defense about. can't do it. The offense can't do it. It's, it's the way it should be, but. But you just, gotta, you just got to close the box and put somebody over the top to stop him from jumping the hurdle, and you'll get well, him. Figure it out like you do everything else it. in the NFL. Yeah, they're the only <laughs> team that can make it. They're the only yeah. team that gets oh. it to work. Neither. Yeah. J- hey, Jason Kelsey in there. Fucking Cowboys tried it tonight, and the problem was it looked like Dak. He tried doing like he tried doing like a traditional QB sneak at the same time where he tried going yeah. to the right, and then he came back to the left. Well, so because it wasn't he, he have it at first. That, that's a that's a yeah. second and a half gone. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to do it, you got to commit. And you got to just push that football forward. And Doc, you mentioned Hurts last year. Like so, like last year, the key to that was he didn't turn the ball over. He had six interceptions. He right now has seven passing touchdowns and seven interceptions. He's a one to one ratio. So and that last night too, or he, Sunday. How many afternoon, turnovers he had last year? He had six interceptions. I'm not going by fumbles. Just interceptions okay. alone. So he had seven. He had six last year through 15 games because he only he missed two the last two games. And now he's at seven. He's a one to one ratio. And last yesterday, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, the, their top two corners, did not play. So this was against the the third and fourth string corners of the New York Jets, who are setting the blueprint for the, the upcoming teams to play against Jalen Hurts and this Eagles offense. And this is where this is where I'm saying I, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is an elite quarterback. I'm not saying he's he's a bad quarterback. You know what I'm saying? But the play calling yesterday was absolutely atrocious for Philly in a game that was close all night long. You know, you say DeAndre Swift couldn't get the ball going. DeAndre Swift didn't have a chance to get the run game going. They abandoned the run game early. They 22 rushing attempts in a game that close. I mean, 10 of 18 is not good neither, though. So I mean, no, I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it yeah. is. But a lot of running backs. A but a lot of running backs, you'll get 10 of 20, 10 of 30. You know, you get that one big rush to open it up. My problem was they abandoned the run game early for the Eagles in a close game. 22 rushing attempts throughout that game in a 14 to 9 finish. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And when you got a quarterback that's not making passes or not, not expanding the field, it's, you know, you're not going to get plays. The, the, they had 19 plays. On the opening drive, and then what did they average? Probably four plays a drive after that, it seemed like. I mean, it, it was atrocious. Yeah, they came out that 14-0 start. They looked like they were going to do it. I think Jalen Hurts, though, it, it still goes for his development. I think it goes back to that chain strike and not being there. And we saw a flash of AR. And I know he's not balling when he was out there, but he looked a little comfortable. And I know he ran the ball, so that's just what, that's what he does. But Hurts is automatically, like, as soon as he gets the ball, he already wants to run. It's not – he doesn't trust the pocket. I feel like it, it is the offensive coordinator not being. It's not. I'm not saying it's all like okay. Well, he needs a coach, but you know, it's still on him as a quarterback to make the plays. But I think the development that he had with Shane Sykin was huge, and it was definitely it was kind of like the the old Eagles when Doug Peterson left, or I'm sorry, when um, Frank Wright left. Now I'm not saying he's a good coach, but he was a good offensive coordinator for the Eagles, and I thought he was the heartbeat of that offense with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz that year. And when they leave, the offense kind of took a hit like big time. The offense didn't look comfortable the rest of the time until they got Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen. My, my worry is that this is shaping up to be another Carson Wentz situation without the injuries. A guy that came out, played hot for a couple of years, and then 
the play calling, the development, like you said, not having, you know, the guys running their knees just went to shit and just very quickly became one of the one of the you know worst quarterbacks in the league. I don't know. I it, it, there well, there's a lot up in yeah. here in Philly right now. Yeah, I mean they I, they I, have I all of the pieces and the tools to win, and this team is up in the air, and they shouldn't be. Yeah, I think it's possible. I I, I was never really that high on Jalen Hurts. I, yeah, he he got Same. way overrated because of how he played last season, which he didn't play that great. I mean, yeah, he controlled the ball a little bit better than he's doing this season, but now. This season, he's trying to do too much. He's trying to force all these deep passes. He's trying to keep up with how Miami's playing, and they're not going to keep up with how Miami's offense is. But well, 3,800 that... yards, 22 touchdowns, six picks. Yeah. Yes, the six picks was nice, but 22 touchdowns for an Eagles offense like yeah. that that's so high on their quarterback. The guy literally well, – he also Lamar and Justin Fields did. That's it. Yeah, I mean, he—that's why he was—he almost won MVP. If he probably would have finished the last two games, it was because of the was because of the running. I mean, he was a phenomenal yeah. runner last year. I'm not saying he was a bad passer, but a lot of the yards went away because of running. But boys, before we move on to the Jets, are we worried about the? I know we said that they haven't played good all year with this stretch they got coming up. Are the Eagles on? Are the Eagles on a downfall coming into like the second half of the season? Yeah, I, I definitely think they're going to drop some of these games coming up. I mean, they're going to play the red hot. Miami Dolphins next week in prime time. So see see if Miami like they can figure out a way to stop Tyreek Hill, which nobody else has figured out how to do it. Besides the Patriots and um yeah. the Bills. Well that's that's going all the way back to to KC days. I mean Tyreek Hill has just been a monster in the league for years. I'm not worried about uh the Eagles winning. I think they're right on pace to do, you know, what we kind of expected them. A, a potential deep playoff push first loss of the season. Um, I think that they're one of the, one of the teams that can, that can stand up and beat the chiefs because uh, they can bring the defense along with the offense. Um, as far as the dolphins go, I mean, yeah, they're, I don't know that I'd say the dolphins are red hot, uh, great game against Denver and then got absolutely destroyed by Buffalo. So, I mean, playing great, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't know that I would say that they're red hot, um, the Giants and Panthers so too. So like they're they're riding too high. I mean that it's not an impressive game. Like teams are playing, but they did they were down 14-0 and then one twenty or forty two twenty one. I still so I think they're care. averaging like 40, 35 points a game too. Yeah, the they problem got an explosive is that, error, uh, an explosive. I won't even yeah. say error. They got an explosive so, offense. Their problem it's is really, their defense. It's really hard for teams front. to keep up with them. Yeah. The problem with the Dolphins though is just for them real quick is that they have a hard time rushing the QB that on a good offense. So. Yeah, the Eagles a good those offense. big boys are tired. Those big boys on the field a lot. <laughs> they get tired. But yeah, so like that's that's the Eagles. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep on them because, like I said, they're they're going to be in a lot of big games coming up. And real quick, the team that beat them now, the New York Jets, who are three and three, they have a bye week. They come out to a pretty fair, uh, pretty decent schedule. You know, Giants, Chargers, Raiders. Those are the first three games out of the bye week. Aaron Rodgers was throwing the ball without a boot on. At MetLife Stadium, I've seen, I've heard a doctor come out and say that the type of recovery he's doing is a quicker, uh, like a rapid type of recovery where it's a few weeks ahead of schedule. We saw Cam Akers come back a couple years ago from his Achilles injury. They're saying Rodgers could be back anywhere from week 12 to week 15. So the first question is, are the New York Jets alive at 3-3? Three three? Do we trust them to stay decent enough for Aaron Rodgers to potentially come back? And if that's the case, will Rodgers be back this year? I mean, I, I, don't I think see- they can hang in there for like – to get close enough to probably maybe make a wild card slot. I mean, three and three, their schedule is not too bad coming up. I mean, they got the Giants, Chargers, Raiders for the next three games. So, I mean, they, they get three games, they get two two wins out of those three. Right? They're still sitting pretty good. I mean, Zach Wilson starting or not, I know you were high on the Jets this year, Mark, and I, I wanted to be so bad. I mean, on paper, Super Bowl champion got, for me. Super Bowl champion yeah. for me. On paper, they've got a phenomenal team. I I don't know what is going on in New York with this team. They cannot figure out what they want to do with the run game. I know they wanted to to limit Brees Hall coming back to avoid another injury. And then you sign on Dalvin Cook. Like You have to know that this was going to be an issue from the start. I mean, Dalvin Cook was not a Zeke Elliott that fell off, that lost his touch. 
you know, Dalvin Cook is a phenomenal running back um, and trying to split touches with Brees Hall. Seems like they finally are are leaning towards Brees Hall and being the, the front runner for this offense in the last two weeks. So it's nice to at least see them like finding direction and, and figuring out which way they want to go. But um, on paper, I mean, as good as this team is supposed to be, they have not stepped up, especially defensively. They have not been the team that that everybody expected them to be. Um, not saying they're shit. Defense. Uh, defense have been pretty good. I mean, I yeah. know like that. Not Robert Sala. So, like hey, we've been, we've been. Robert hey, they kept Sala's, the they, 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 They've embarrassed the QBs. The only That's one they Robert haven't Sala's embarrassed said. is Mac. The only one they haven't embarrassed is Mac Jones. But they kept Mac Jones at 15 points. The only team they really struggled against was the Cowboys at 30. They gave up 16 to Josh Allen. They gave up 15 to the Patriots. They really they got Mahomes have two interceptions. They lost by three points, 23-20. Russ and them scored 21, but that's still respectable. And then 14 to the NFC champion Eagles. So I don't know. Their defense is playing pretty good. And I think that the defense is what's going to potentially carry them on a, maybe a run. I think if you get to week 12 to week, let's say like around week 13 or 14, the Jets are um, like, I'm sorry, so week 13. So that's, uh, so I'm saying maybe like eight and five. You might see Aaron Rodgers back. I mean, if he's really that fucking like he's ready to go, why not? And Doc, that goes back to the run game. If Aaron Rodgers is playing, the run game is going to feast because you have to respect Aaron Rodgers enough not to stack the box. So that also leaves more opportunity for Brees Hall. Now the Dalvin Cook thing, I can't explain that. Maybe he was just meant to be a bad running back this year, but I think Brees Hall still feasts and Aaron Rodgers opens the door for the running game. With Zach Wilson, you force Zach Wilson to beat you. You you stack the box. So harder for Brees Hall to do what he's going to do. Um, you know if they have a fucking crowded a crowded box for him. But Aaron Rodgers there, it changed his team. I think Aaron Rodgers is here. I think that they I think if Aaron Rodgers here, they win probably every game on their schedule so far. Just based on Yeah, the, I mean nobody's, they, nobody's arguing the difference that Aaron Rodgers makes to this team. Uh I disagree about the defense. The defense I don't think is playing. I mean, points-wise, that's about the only highlight that they've got going for them defensively. I mean, they're giving up over 350 yards a game defensively. Um not, not worse in the league, but, I mean, it's right up there as some of the worst in the league. I mean, the Giants have been atrocious defensively, and they're averaging about six yards more given up on defense well, per game. So, The problem with that, though, is that when your offense can't score and you keep giving the ball back, they're going to get a lot more opportunities to keep getting more yards because they're not controlling the clock for you. They're getting, like It's like four or five plays. All right, here you go, defense. So now the defense is probably going to give up 40, 50 yards every single drive. They force them off the field. So, like, there's yeah, they're getting that, all those yards. Yeah, but they're not and scoring. that's evident. Yeah, that's evident with the low points, but I I think I mean obviously like I said, obviously Aaron Rodgers changes the landscape and and what this team can do. Uh my thing though is, you know, I mean Jets got to be playing like they're they're capable of winning a Super Bowl minus that quarterback position for Aaron Rodgers to rush back from this injury because uh the long-term potential effect of of furthering this than just this season you know, if the Jets are coming in here, you said week 12. So if the Jets are coming in six and six, five and seven, I mean, is it even worth trying to rush Rodgers back to get a late push? Like, wait until next year, come back fully healthy, let the team come back full strength, and hopefully see a different Jets team next year. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of factors that are going to determine it. Aside from the Jets, what the rest of the divisions yeah. look like, the chance to win in that wild card slash division. So, I mean, I think it's too early to tell whether Rodgers comes back this year. I, I mean, the Jets want him to come back because they're paying him the money, too. So, the Jets want him to come back. But you've got to look long-term. Like, is it worth risking missing time next year and getting off to that hot start next year to aggravate an injury late in the season when you may or may not even have a chance at, at doing something spectacular? Yeah, I, I think he only comes back if they have, like, a clear playoff opportunity to make it. Like if they're one or two games out from making a wild card slot, then I think Aaron Rodgers will be back in there playing. But if, if they're like like out of it, like they're like eliminated from the playoffs, he's not gonna be out there playing. Be Zach oh, yeah. Wilson trying to Zach Wilson would be auditioning for another team probably. Man, where I don't was know. this I still Luke last night? <laughs> where was this Luke yesterday when we were talking about football? <laughs> Luke was drunk after the Ravens game. So as soon as that uh, Ravens game ended, I would have been too after yeah. that fucking after that uh performance. I was talking to Chris. I was like, dude, Luke was fucking ready for the 1 p.m. games. As soon as the Ravens game ended, as soon as something happened, he was on. I was like, dude, the kid was drunk. And then, like, Doc's like, 
What's up with Luke? I was like, oh yeah, this is drunk Luke. We we tried. Dude, I I could dude, there yeah. was so much credibility being lost. I couldn't even entertain it anymore. But um, no, I'm no, I mean, trying to get you guys fired up a little bit. Oh, no, and, I, and so I, and it, talks, like, no, I know he's trying to get a rise out of me, dude. And then how ironic, you know, about an hour after after that, he's like, y'all just trying to get me fired up. I was like, yeah, how, how the fuck does he think it feels when you're doing it to us? But we were actually giving you what we like an honest opinion based on the stats of kicking percentages. So, like we weren't saying Tucker was shit. We just said Fucking based on Tucker shit, dude. No, I will yeah. say that. I, I still trust him with out of all the kickers. He's probably the one I trust the most. He, he, he went six for six. He, well yes, but percentages though, like especially last year he's eighty six percent when the other guys in the nineties and you know close to hundred. Like yes, yeah, for kickers you gotta, you gotta put an asterisk in there. This if you're lining up sixty six right? yards. If I'm, if I'm fucking if I'm in Luke's state of mind yesterday, I'm coming out Justin Tucker's the worst kicker in the league, dude. <laughs> worst kicker in NFL history. Man, I, 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 polished, I went and polished off a nice 12 pack yesterday. As far as I woke up in the morning for. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't, I don't, I don't think you stopped at 12, buddy. Because there were some things yeah, said that I was like, holy shit. But, boys, the New York Jets are 3 and 3. And then that's a topic. Like, Luke had a good. That was a good topic Luke brought up last night when we were talking. Um, there are 13 three win teams now. Chargers could have made it 14, would have been 15 because the Cowboys too. But now since the, the Chargers lost, we have 13 three-win teams. And, you know, the Jets are involved in that. But, you know, real quick, some of the teams that I potentially think are the best three-win team because this is like literally almost half the league has a shot now for the playoffs. I'm still saying the, the, uh, the Houston Texans is potentially the best three-win team. I think what they're doing, they are seem, they seem like they're a year two too early. They are really young, but they're they're playing really good football. Their offense is really balanced. CD Stroud is not making rookie mistakes. Yeah, he had interception last game, but so did Brock Purdy. He finally had one. So every starting QB is throwing interception. That's meant to happen. Just no one's gonna go perfect unless you're Nick Foles that one year, I think, that he had no interceptions. But I think their defense is pretty good under D'Amico Ryan's. They're playing playing inspired football. For their head coach, I think Houston Texans potentially could be the three best, the best three win team. Not saying they are, but I think Houston, you got to keep an eye on for that three win threshold. Yeah, I think you're being extremely disrespectful with that statement. Um, looking at just a couple of three win teams, I mean, Browns and Bengals both have three win teams, and both those teams are better top to bottom than than uh, Houston. I mean, Stroud has been the pleasant surprise this year. The the receiving core has been a pleasant surprise coming off. Um, the defense even has been playing. I think th- this whole team has been playing better Houston football than anybody anticipated them doing. But um, to discount, you know, when you're talking about the best three and three team, to discount the Browns, the Bengals. Um, well, the Bengals offense still hasn't looked impressive. They did not look good yesterday neither to the Seahawks. And they, they, they should have lost the Seahawks. Yeah, oh. the Seahawks struggled as well as a three-one team. Their offensive line can't block dirt. Sh- like they can't block. They can't block the wall that won't move. Like that's that's how bad their O line looks. Gino looks like he can't do anything because he looks like he's about to die. He's scared. So like that's why I have the Seahawks written down with the Browns, but I just don't. That's kind of like my top four. I even had Tampa Bay on there too, but I think Houston. The Seahawks. Four. Is, Geno Smith is not doing what Geno Smith did last year. There's there's been a lot of issues with Geno this year, but. Um, I mean, in terms of talent, the Seahawks real quick, huh? He just went and robbed the Seahawks real quick. Had a good year, got his money, and now he's back to being Geno. He had the money before last year. No, he well, got he got, he got a three year deal. Yeah, he got a three year like eighty yeah. million dollar deal, or whatever it was, one hundred and twenty something like that. Oh, because yeah, because he, yeah, yeah, he had an original two year. He was on a prove it deal last year, essentially, and he, he they could still release him, which is going to be part of my overreaction. But um, so we're going to yeah, talk about QBs underperforming after getting paid big. Well, there's a lot of those can of worms. No, we're just talking about three win teams right now, and he he's on that. He's on that, and, and you know he's one of the reasons why they lost the game to the Bengals. That gave him a three uh, a third win. He yeah, he's like shit with his decision. He's made some yesterday. really poor. He's had some really poor decision making late in the game um, when it's on the line. But uh, yeah, the 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 Bengals have not played to what the Bengals are capable of doing. But I'm not I'm not changing the fact that the Bengals are a better team than what they've been playing to. Um, Joe Burrow, although, you know, while not looking top-notch Joe Burrow yesterday in the Bengals, I mean, this still is, you know, Joe Burrow's still not healthy. This is a team that is still trying to find his no, way back to. 
he says the healthiest he's been all year. He's he's finally healthy. Is what he says. And you and you can't keep saying this is they're not playing Mark, to what they are because Mark, this is six I could weeks break in. Both my legs and take my first steps, and that's the healthiest I've been all year. It doesn't mean that you're healthy. But you can't you can't keep saying they're not playing to what they're supposed to. Their standard is six weeks in. If they're not playing good football after six weeks, I don't I don't care what they did last year. This is 2023, not 2022, not 2021, and not 2020. This is now. This is the current I'm not, time frame. I, I'm not. I know I'm that, not but, arguing that, but on paper. On paper, they are still a much better team than than what Houston is. And with Tank Dell, um, I don't know the extent of his injury. I haven't looked. I haven't got. I haven't looked up an update on that. Um, Robert Woods out. I mean, there's there's a lot of holes right now in the receiving core for C.J. Stroud. So this is what's going to determine how you know how elite is C.J. Stroud if he's doing this with with backup wide receivers and still putting up the numbers. Then you know, okay, we're talking about a a big time quarterback here. But if we're if we're seeing numbers fall off, uh, missing our our number one and two go to guys, then hey, maybe maybe the issue is is not the receivers; it's a quarterback, you know. So, um, well, you can say the same thing about the Bengals because Joe Burrow has the trio, and he's having a hard time getting the trio involved. Besides Jamar Chase, Higgins and Boyd haven't been Higgins and Boyd this year. Is that I know, the QB that the receivers? So I'm, I'm just saying, like six yeah, weeks I'm in, not, you know, yeah. we've seen the Bengals now. It's yeah, they still, when you talk about either. when you Joe talk Burrow's about the best gone. three win teams, I think the Bengals are still on there. I think the Browns are definitely on there, uh, especially after a convincing win over over the Niners. I think when Watson comes back, you know, if, if they were able to do that with a with a fucking practice squad QB, I mean, imagine what they what they'd have with a quarterback. You know, Watson started off tough. I think he was still getting his feet. Uh, he started out late in the season last year. Um, didn't really get anything going last year, which was kind of a wash year we knew coming out of out of that suspension. So, you know, this was the first real year for him to step up and figure out what he can do. Um, you know, so looking for looking for big things out of him. That defense is so good, man. I'm telling you, Browns might be. I think Browns might be my pick for for best three win team right now. Yeah, my, my best three win team. I'm gonna think I'm gonna ride the Bucks here. I'm like their only two losses are against the top two teams in probably the NFC or. They're, I mean, the Lions and Eagles, however you want to rank, rank them with the 49ers. The Lions are hot right now. Like, their defense is playing the lights out. And they're, Jared Goff's over there cooking on offense. Like, they're, I know, they're down running backs and they're still putting up big numbers on offense. So, I mean, Bucks only two losses are against teams they were supposed to lose to. They haven't dropped a game they weren't supposed to lose. So, uh, it all depends on how Baker gets, gets going. But I think they're one of the better three win teams going forward. Yeah, and I had the Bucks written down, and I had the Browns written down too, and the Seahawks. Yeah, I, think, I just think I, I, I think just, the Bucks had a, they had a few big drops. I think Mike Evans dropped another big, uh, big game. Oh, Mike Evans had a couple, yeah. yeah Baker also has drops. Some, Baker also doesn't look no. so like that was the first time the O line was they, tested. Yeah, they're getting too. eaten up. They didn't have the sacks, but they put the pressure on Baker. Like so, that's yeah. like that's the whole QB pressure. So like they didn't have the sacks to back it up for the lines, but. You know, when you're getting a baker and you're hitting them, you know, just a one yard gain or you're forcing them to throw it away, like that's good D line. And I know Doc had the questions with the Lions with that the defense. So we saw him play against a pretty good offense this year. I think the Bucks have been pretty good on offense, but they have struggled against, you know, good teams. So that's the problem with the Bucks yeah. is if they're struggling against good teams, are they really a solid number three team or a three win team? If you oh, can't yeah. I think the Bucks have a pretty favorable schedule for like the rest of the season. Like they they play the Bills and 49ers, but other than that, their season's not very difficult. So they still like, got they two still could make Falcons. a good run. Oh yeah, yeah, that's probably Falcons. that's probably yeah. a those split. Are, that's probably a split. Wins. I, I think they split against wins. us. They're gonna sweep Carolina, and they, I mean, so for some reason, Tampa Bay has had New Orleans' number the last few years. So, um, I, I mean, they they might because they what they beat New Orleans in New Orleans, so they probably sweep New Orleans. Yeah. They might go five one division, honestly. I think they come out so. and make make Ritter look like fucking Mac Jones, and just absolutely <laughs> drop a log on his chin. If if we had a QB, I would put Atlanta as the number one three win team. But that was so like after last week, that was so disappointing to see Desmond Ritter come out and play the way he did this week. Yeah, after a very good week against the um, Houston Texans, who you know people are, are decently high on them, and for, that's the reason for a we brief we moment. For no, a brief I knew moment, I, I told myself, yeah. I was like, man, Atlanta's got a QB. And that – No, 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 I didn't say that. I still wouldn't say a, that. I just... I've just. i done a lot I've done a lot of things that, that lasted shorter in my life. 
than thinking that. But, you know. Uh, if, if he doesn't show himself, I mean, even if you lose Tampa Bay this week, if you don't show yourself as a good game, like let's say you do go to the wire and, like, you have a shootout with Baker and, you know, or, like, you play a good 24-20 game and, you know, you have good good numbers. Okay, I can see you starting stuff. But if you have a bad game in Tampa Bay, I think it's time for Taylor Heineke because you have to mix it up because, like, this this team is too good. Not saying we're Super Bowl worthy team, but with a QB, I think we can make a push for a playoff run, a yeah. decent playoff T- run. And Taylor Heineke might give you guys a better a better shot right now too. Like he's proven he can win on shitty teams too. Like he played well when he was with the Commanders or pushed Brady team. And that's the year that Brady do. the year that Brady went to the Super Bowl uh, for the and won it with the Bucks. Heineke pushed him, and uh, it was in DC because they were the wild card. The Bucks were. He pushed Brady that that game. He played a good game. That's what. Kind of got him on the map a little bit too, but yeah, yeah like Heineke coming, up, coming off the couch, coming off the couch yeah. being in the NFL. What, what just put Heineke in because, like I said, this team is just too good. Um, and that, that opens the door now. Kirk Cousins, that's the QB I want. He's apparently <laughs> not going to waive his no trade clause, which hey, good for being loyal. Like I'm not going to shit on him for not for you know he's he's loyal to Minnesota. He loves it there. We saw it on the the, the documentary. To, I did I did see that he said he wanted to retire there. Yeah, he wants to retire there, but. He did. He's gonna not waive his no trade clause, which I think is also poor for his career because you have a chance to win other places that need a QB. Like I said, you go to Atlanta, you have a shot to make a playoff run. Maybe push Detroit or some of these teams a little bit because you have a good nucleus with the Falcons. You have a good defense, top ten defense this year. Why not try and win? The Vikings. I don't think that's the problem. Is I don't think they're gonna keep him next year. I think he's gonna walk. So he's gonna play somewhere else next year. I think. I don't think he's staying there. I or he just retired. I think it's a smart move. Like I, don't I think it's yeah, a smart move. I think he's going to get another contract somewhere. He's going to get another opportunity to play. He might turn into like an Andy Dalton type situation, even if he starts somewhere and becomes a backup, but he's still going to get a big paycheck. But I think that, you know, the league already has seen that he can't win in prime time. He can't win in big situations, but trading prime time him, is not numbers aren't bad though. It's, it's the defense. No, he just can't win. Yeah. 34 points just, a game. Yeah. Cause you're 34 yeah. points a defense game but that they're giving you that i bad. think that's why i think some of the concern is if he waves a no trade clause and goes to a team that is making a playoff push and doesn't get him there it's going to cost him a huge chunk on that next deal and not even that that next deal is going to be 50 million dollars a year but that next deal is even because even even at a low rate qb 20 million dollars a year would be you know it'd be something worth paying for kirk cousins but if he trades you know let's say to a to a five and two team down the road, or let's say a, a seven and three team down the road is making a playoff push because their starter got hurt. And then he comes out and shits the bed and the team don't make the playoffs. Now there's a lot of question marks behind cousins, which I know that there already are. There already are question marks there, but he's on a, on a Minnesota team that has no chance of winning. And it's not because of Kirk cousins. I don't give a shit what you say. Kirk cousins is putting up fucking numbers. One of the best passing offenses in the league was not as elite this week against the Bears without Justin Jefferson, but still a lot of the potential. K.J. Osborne and Jordan Addison, still all the potential with Hawkinson as well in the tight end position, can still air it out and and put up huge numbers on offense. Um, I think he's making a smart move. And I think that, you know, as an athlete, it's it's not always about winning and this and that. You know, it, a lot of times it still does come down. One of the biggest heartbreaks for athletes when you get that notification that you're that you're traded. You got kids in school. You got the families doing whatever. Well, he has the option got, to do that, though. That's what I'm saying. You got you got to pack up and go. There's a lot of players that talk about how hard it is on the family to pack up and move midseason. So I don't think it's a bad move. He's older. He's got one more contract left, I think, and I don't think it's going to be as an elite starting QB um, no matter oh. where he goes. I mean, Cousins, you're, Cousins has potential to be great in just a couple of different places – Vegas being one of them, honestly, the Saints being one of them, but the Saints gave Carr that big deal. Um, there aren't many places where where I would put Cousins in and expect to push and win a Super Bowl. Um, hopefully somewhere than lead defense that can back him up on offense. Yeah. Or somewhere that has an offensive line. He's like one of the most hit quarterbacks in the NFL as an older dude. So that, that, that And he's still sucks. putting up like, numbers, though. Yeah, but – also, trading a quarterback in the middle of the season, like I don't think that makes too much sense, especially for him. He's got to go learn a whole new offense. What if the offense doesn't work for him? I mean, that that's gonna be the hardest position to like switch teams with. Like, 
you're supposed to lead the offense, but if you don't know it and everybody else knows it, it's going to be very difficult. I mean, I'm sure he's smart enough he can figure out an offense in a couple of weeks and get in, get enough of it in, the, in his playbook, but that, that's a tough move, and I don't think it's something he really wants to do. I think, he wants to, I think he's very happy in Minnesota where he's at. He's content. He's got his nice little house. We all saw it on the, the quarterback show on Netflix. So I, I think he's maybe one more contract after this, but – I think he's he's coasting his way out of the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't well, think he's he, going to sit around thing. being. I don't think he's going to sit around being a backup for somebody at this point. I think he's if he's not starting, he's probably not going to be playing. It's Here's the thing, the too. Kirk Cousins is. If he doesn't start in Minnesota, who's the next option? It, I mean, I'm not, not saying this to be biased, but Atlanta, like it's there. You need a quarterback. No, no, no. You, I'm you do saying, need a quarterback. No, no. I'm, who's the backup? Oh, in who's Minnesota? the next option? Uh, it's oh. like Jaron Hall. Oh, so. Actually, no, no, no. They had they had the kid from. Um, excuse me. I know from they the drafted Niners. somebody this year, didn't they? No, they, well, they they did Jaron Hall from BYU, but they also got um, fuck the old the old Forty Niners uh, backup. He pl- even started a little bit. Uh, he damn it, dude! I I'm so pissed. I don't know his name. Uh, right here, Nate Mullins. They have him too. I don't even know who the but, fuck that is. But it's not. But if you're not, but that's my point now. But we talked about quarterback for the Vikings, though. You draft a QB, and you're you're kind of rebuilding. You draft a QB, you lure Justin Jefferson to stay with them. You draft a Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr., someone at that caliber. You let Kirk go now. You compete for that because you're not going to win. You're two and four. Well, JJ's hurt. We don't know how long the severity of his injury too. Rule number one of keeping JJ is re-signing Kirk Cousins. JJ no. has already come out. JJ's already come out and said he's waiting to see where Kirk Cousins go because he don't he he don't want to stay in Minnesota if Kirk ain't. You draft a stud if you get if a chance for Caleb Williams, I guarantee he stays. He'll stay. I'm, I'm not saying you don't draft a stud QB. I'm not but saying you don't draft though. a stud QB. I think you do, but I think that you put him behind Kirk Cousins for a year or two. Because again, look at the numbers. Cousins is putting up the numbers. And drafting a QB and putting him and putting him behind Kirk to, to learn for a year or two. Even if it's just a year, is a fucking great move. I, I JJ already came out and said he's waiting to see where Cousins goes because that's where he might go. It might go, but if they offer him the bag and they draft Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, the dude's going to be like, "Man, I have a young quarterback. I'm a young receiver. We're here you're for right. the fucking long run." That might, yeah, like, let's make, might let's change. go. But like that's you're saying that saying that now or in the offseason of 2023, like if Kirk Cousins wants to win. I get it. I respect the loyalty. I'm not faulting him for wanting to stay. But if you want to win, you need to leave. And there's teams that need a quarterback now that can compete. That's my problem. Like the Bears. It, I, but, but speaking of the Bears, that's a hey, good segue. There, they are. They have the first two picks, boys, in the draft of the 2024 uh, season or upcoming offseason. As of now, do as of now, as okay. of now, do we <laughs> expect them to? Do we expect him to at least have those two top picks, like say their two picks, within the top five? I mean, it's going to be very hard to get the top two, but do we expect the Bears to be have both picks inside the top five? Remember, they have the Panthers pick, so that's one of them. I mean, it's still it's still really hard to talk about that. I mean, we're we're six games into the season. You know, there's there's so many things that can happen. Uh, both these teams can go on two game winning streaks each, and it could drastically change the outcome of the standings and and who's going to pick where. Um, I think that there's a number of other factors in this. You know, Arizona's come out and played football like nobody expected Arizona to do. I mean, I think a couple of you had Arizona going 0 17 in the year. I, I had did. like one win. I had one win, and that's what I, I, had, had. I had 0 17 for. He had two 0 17s. He had Carolina and Arizona 0 17. Hey, Carolina, yeah, so, so, so good on that one so far. Yeah, Carolina, I think I had them at 0 17 too, only because I wanted that number and, one pick from them, but. And the Panthers have a tough – they don't have an easy schedule. They, they are not going to be the favorites in any games. They have Houston, Indianapolis, Chicago. That might be the only one, but it's in Chicago, Mark, so I'm probably not. Mark, Carolina could play my old high school football team, which was dog shit, by the way, well, so and I'm would saying, still have, be an underdog tough, in that game. They have a tough schedule. It would be a tough so schedule they, no matter who they played. I think Chicago is starting to get a little pick. better, though. He's start, he starting to get a little more but Carolina is hands down, in my opinion, the worst team in the NFL. Yes. I agree with that. And I think Bears I think are not far behind. F- well, yeah, you were the worst team last year. So, I mean, 
you didn't have like it's not like you guys you guys are improved you guys are improved we are improved we're, we're just we still have our defense is our biggest issue right now um, but i think I the bears little... i think the bears come away with two top 10 picks it's early in the year so i'm gonna go with two top 10 right now um I don't want to go as bold as two top five. There's still – it's too early in the Love season to make that. I'm going to go with two top ten. Um, I'd say one top five, one top ten. Between I between say, the Bears and the Panthers oh, pick, yeah. one of them got to be a top five. At least <laughs> one of them got to be a top five. I say you have the first pick. Now let's see what the second pick's going to be. I'm hopeful with number one and two. That's what I want to say. But, like, you're gonna I, have but again, we're very early. Carolina's going to be dog shit. You're probably getting one. Carolina's going to pull off probably at least one game. I think. Hey, we saw we saw they Houston. Still, last they still year. have one to pick. Listen, we saw okay. Houston last year that was supposed to be a lock for the number one overall pick, and Houston went around, fucked around, and won that last game of the season. Get the pairs the number one pick. Uh, what that was? What Lovey Smith? Oh, fuck you on his way out. He won, <laughs> yeah. he won that last game. Yeah, yeah. Lovey's he knew, Lovey he, fucked that organization. I mean, they got he, who they he wanted. He's it didn't fired. matter. Yeah, yeah. He's getting fired. Who so they wanted. Hey, guess what? They got C.J. Trevor, Bryce Young, and that right now looks a lot better. That was a better I mean, move. Yeah. Re- regardless of how they're playing right now, that was a better move. But um, speaking of a team re- uh, shit in the bed, the Denver Broncos, this is another team that could get that first pick, top five pick. They have been rumored, and it's been reported, they're going to see how they do against the um, – who they play in this upcoming week. Uh, shit. They're, whoever the next game is. Packers. Packers. They're looking to see how they do against the Packers, and then there's apparently a potential fire sale for their players. Now, Pat Sertain's been uh, rumored. You have um, the safety out there. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Um, you have Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. They've been rumored to go. I think the Chiefs should have maybe wanted to dine the Broncos when they played them this Thursday night. Maybe took out to dinner the night before and said, hey, let's get Sutton and Jerry Judy on the team because the, the Chiefs definitely need a fucking running back, or I'm sorry, no, a receiver. Not, not Jerry Judy. Steve Smith said so. Oh, sorry. Justin Simmons is the other. Is a top safety in the league. So I think a lot of these guys, boys, are going to be on the move. Should the Broncos do a fire sale and let Sean Payton do like a college style, let him rebuild it to his image? I mean, if the, if the Broncos lose this game, it's going to be so embarrassing to lose another home game to a team that is really not that good. The Packers, yeah, they had a couple flashes of being good, like their first week. But other than that, the Packers have been – a really bad team and Denver loses at home to their home crowd. It's going to be so embarrassing that the Walmart family has put so much money into the Broncos just for them to play this fucking bad. Yeah. I don't think a, a fire sales out of the question. I mean, you got to look at who you've got control over. I mean, if you've got a couple of years of team control on a guy, you've got to, you've got to keep him. I think because Broncos are shaping up to be to be near a top pick in the NFL and and where they can you know start making drastic improvements uh sooner than later I think moving a couple of guys that you're going to lose that team control like I said is going to open up some more draft picks for you to to rebuild this team faster but it's tough in the NFL to talk about fire sale because there isn't as much return this is probably like the worst return in any league that you can get because NBA you can trade a superstar for first round picks for the next five years mlb yeah, you can year get, you get pick yeah mlb you can get top top 100 prospects you know trade a guy and get four top 100 prospects and then hockey you can get draft picks out the ass but nfl this is like assets are so highly coveted as far as draft picks i mean when you see a guy like amari cooper go for what was it a fifth or a seventh round pick i mean you literally yeah but that's still but if you let them walk, though, you're getting nothing. So that's the point. Is like, there's, do you let them walk and like you don't get nothing? Because you know, Jerry the Judy same shit. But if you're making a push for the playoffs, that one guy might be that piece that you're missing. You know, the the Bears are cool. are not. The Bears are the thing is with the Bears, especially defensively, is like we're not missing a ton of pieces defensively. We're just missing that game changer, that plug. You know, to to change what our defensive scheme is. So I think with the Broncos. It's it's like you said. You can wait. Like if you don't, if you're not, you don't have to be willing to give that up because the the the, the capital that you have is valued so high. You got to wait for the Broncos. Like fuck it, I don't need it. We're still winning without well, him. Pat Sertain's gonna be worth a lot. That's the one guy that 
he can get some draft capital because he's one of the top corners in the league, and you definitely need a good a corner. Yeah, you're talking like a Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, you get a second round pick for him. No, I think I, I think Sertain could be worth the first rounder. He's like literally ranked as like the Dude. top two or top three corner in the league. You're gonna have a hell of a time getting a first round pick from any team, though, unless the team's sitting there with two already. Niners can give up a first rounder for him. They don't need they don't need picks. I don't Niners even remember, use, and I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I mean, I've. I don't remember the last time a what was the last first round pick that was traded during the season. You guys keep talking, I'll look it up. Because I know no, that they, I, mean, I know that they go heavy during the draft, especially when trying to move up. Um, but it's like it's like Luke said, you're going to be hard pressed to get a high enough draft pick during the year, especially because this early in the year, so much can happen that changes the landscape of the draft and who's going to pick where. So. You could look, look at the Khalil Mack deal. Um, I mean, that was an offseason, but look at the Khalil Mack deal and they traded for Bears picks, and the Bears ended up going what 13 and 3 or 12 and 5 the next year. And that that top pick that the that the Raiders were getting from the Bears ended up being a late first round pick. I mean you're you're gonna last, I think Luke's right. The last one oh no, yeah, Jalen Ramsey only got yeah, no, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, ni- October 19, 2019, to the Rams, got a 2020 first-rounder, a 2021 first-rounder, and a 2021 fourth-rounder. Remember, that's when the Rams said, we don't give a shit about picks. Jalen Ramsey, <laughs> Pat Chetain, same type of player. High caliber, especially for the Niners, where they could use a secondary guy like that. Yeah, but, that's that's point, that. but that's yeah, that my point. But that's my point. It coming around during the season is not a – I know, but it coming during the season is not a regular – off season, you might have a better chance of doing that, but during the season, I don't think that that there are teams that are going to give up that much. Um, great, great corner, like you said. I mean, absolutely, I think worth worth at least one first rounder. But you've got to have a team that's willing to give up that first rounder, and that's where I think the struggle is going to be. I mean, Fitzpatrick. Either way, well. uh, talking about a fire well. sale, huh? Fitzpatrick was also uh, a first round worth pick for the Steelers, and they gave up to the Dolphins, but they didn't give up nearly as much. They didn't uh, give up a first rounder for Minka, did they? Yes, they did. Did they? Yes. I thought they just gave up a second. No, the trade details of Fitzpatrick was because that was the one that was the same year of Ramsey. They gave up a 2020 first rounder, a 2025th, and a 2021 six. So they gave up their next year's pick. Um, the the Dolphins got, but yeah, I mean, okay. it's just for Patrick it's, it all depends on the caliber of the player. That's like we're saying. It's the caliber yeah, of the player. Yeah, I would say out of everybody on that team, he is the one worth the first rounder. Absolutely. Yes. But I, I still got to go back and say, you know, we're talking about a fire sale. Because I, I saw that notification earlier today. And, like, draft capital is very good in the NFL, even if it is a fourth rounder. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you can break it down and get whatever you can for draft picks. But there's so much in the NFL that's hit or miss. Um, probably one of the toughest, uh, as far as, as far as talent coming out of the, uh, out of draft day, but I don't know, to me, it's just, it's so much harder to say fire sale for the NFL because it's, it's way more difficult to build a team up in the NFL. You know, you can have that generational talent like a Bryce Harper on the nationals, um, you know, an Adley Rutschman for the Orioles that turns a team around. The NFL is like, you can get a franchise quarterback that is capable of taking you to Super Bowls, but if you can't build around him consistently, it's not going to happen. One guy will not. I know they say that in no sport, one guy can win a, win, a, win a season, but this is the sport of all that one guy literally cannot win you a Super Bowl. Oh, I agree. But... Yeah, I mean, if not now in the offseason, they definitely need to be trading players around during the oh, yeah. right before the trade. And that's where I, I mean. think you're going to get more more return on your investment is by getting that closer to draft day or in the offseason, um, especially when teams start to see like, all right, we were looking at getting a high pick, so we didn't want to do it during the season. Now we're looking at getting the 17th. We had a late run. We can give up that. Pick. Yeah. But. Yeah, so that's the Denver Broncos. I mean, we kind of wrapped up the show with a couple bad teams. Unfortunately, Doc, the Bears are part of that conversation. But, hey, any overreactions? No, uh, I love it, dude. I want fucking overreaction. Bears are getting the number one and two pick. That's my overreaction right there. <laughs> Let's go. My overreaction is, speaking of that, I mean, because Bears might be part of it, 
there's going to be a lot of teams trading up and trading back, depending on where they're at, to get some of these QBs. I'm thinking five or six QBs can go in the first round this year. So this is based on college and NFL, but way that the NFL is going through some of these QBs, Atlanta, New England, Las Vegas, Seattle's in the running for a quarterback. Teams like that, Arizona can go for a QB, yeah. depending on what they do with Murray. The Commanders, yeah, New Orleans. You have teams that could be trading up for all these quarterbacks. You have fucking Ravens need the quarterback yeah. still. No, they're they just, yeah, they're <laughs> done. yeah, they're not. But the QBs you have: Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Quinn Ewers has been rumored. Shador Sanders, if he goes, mm. you still have. Is um, he eligible? He's eligible, but they're saying parents. Yeah, no, saying, that's, that's a huge mistake. This season is yeah. not going the way that he wanted to, and they don't. I mean, without Travis Hunter, they don't have yeah. the weapons. His, his numbers, his numbers are good still. Like he, his, he no, his numbers good. are good. But imagine if he had another like that is that's oh, going to yeah. be Prime's number one this year is getting another receiver oh, yeah. for Dion. Well, I think Travis Hunter comes back too. Or for Shador, I mean, yeah, they probably go together. It's that's what I'm saying. He comes close. back, and you get yeah. another weapon for him. Game changer. They they get him an O line and, and an O line defense. Yeah. So you don't need draft Colorado. picks for that. You just got to sell, dude. But I mean, I think I think my overreaction is going to be uh, Mark's initial pick before the season that three NFC North teams make the playoffs. Uh, three wins, like the entire division has three three more wins in the AFC North. Oh, yeah, I thought you said NFC North. I heard NFC North. That was like the fuck three teams making it from the NFC North. Three three AFC North. Yeah, I had had three. I I had Steelers. I don't think I had – I didn't have the Ravens. I had Steelers, Browns, and – but I had the Ravens at 10 wins. I had all four teams at 10 wins and higher to start the season. Right now, like two of them are three and two. I was Bengals three and three, Ravens four and two. Like they've got a good potential to like make a run. Like I put three teams in the playoffs. And it looks like right now only one division might be already wrapped up. I know it's still a little early, but it looks like Detroit is the only division that is kind of getting away. Um, they're the only one that's getting away from their other three uh, teams out there that's in the division. Yeah, so big, big test for the Ravens playing Detroit this week. That's gonna um, be a, that's gonna be a good, good game. game. Can't wait to pick that one tomorrow. Yeah, that's gonna be a yeah. huge. See, see if the Ravens have a nice little hung, check back next hungover week for my overreaction on the Ravens. See if they have a. Well, a London hangover or not. Yeah, well, let's see. I, Detroit... I, thought, I thought they're supposed to get bye weeks after the London games, so but I guess they don't do that anymore. They don't do it anymore, so we, we were shocked about that too. So apparently what the NFL does is whoever plays overseas. So right now we have they we have 10 game? teams. That play, oh, not 10 because the Jaguars play two, but there's 10, 10 or five games, so it's actually nine teams because the Jaguars play twice. But they will ask them – before they make the schedule, do you want to have a bye week following your Germany or London game? And if they say yes, the schedule makers will make sure they have a bye week following it. Hmm. If they say no, they don't give it to them right away. They give the team the choice if they want to have a bye week after the the uh, overseas games, which is cool. I guess that's cool. So, they, they, well, the they, Titans they like proved you don't need that bye week after. They came out there on Thursday and still put up a fight against Baltimore. I mean, if you leave Monday morning after that Sunday game, you can make no, it but, back. You still got your day off Monday. Adjust no, they, Tuesday. They, adjust they, in a light practice, and then no, but and other way. The no, it's 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 following the game. So like, yeah, after, after you play game. London, should you get a bye week? That's how they used to do it, but now they're giving the teams the options. Like, like for example, the Falcons and I Bills. Know, I was and the, literally saying exactly what you were saying. Oh, it sounded like you said you were coming into London. Is what it sounded like. No, no, saying. no. I'm saying like Tennessee showed that you can come into London without a bye, but coming into London. Two game, three game, three days before game day, and still put up a fight. You can do that. You can get back on Monday morning, and and because you're you're getting time back coming back, so you can come back and land Monday morning, and then adjust Monday, adjust Tuesday, and hit practice on Wednesday, and and be good, be ready to go. For the Titans, they maybe yeah. just didn't want to invest in the Wildcat because that's what seemed to work the most. Is when Derrick Henry was taking the fucking snap, fucking just mm-hmm. give him the ball from the. Oh, I'm just, no, I'm, I'm saying one. they came out he and competed. Got away no, 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 no. Yeah, they came out a couple days early do. and competed. So, no, I, I honestly, I like it. Give him, okay. I give him the, I give him the option to have that that wild or yeah. that bye week after playing in yeah, London. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, I didn't know they well, gave the option this year for the Chiefs and Dolphins and the and the Colts. The Colts and Patriots, I would take it because it's it's midway through the season. So it's like, hey, you get your bye week in the middle of the season. You know, you kind of play a, a balanced schedule, and you get to not be so jet lagged for the following game. So 
for the Germany games, I would wait till after just because it's later in November. If they're going to force bye weeks and do that shit later in the year, do the, do the, do yeah. all the London games more towards midweek. Well, the first the, the Germany games are the first two weeks of November. The London games are officially over. We are done with it. So, and then just real quick out there for you baseball viewers, the Philadelphia Phillies took a one zero series lead in the NLCS, and the Texas Rangers are up two games to none. We love to see that in the sack house as they are up over the Houston how, Astros. How in the fuck did the Atlanta Braves? No with the hype around them, that the, what they did this year, Ronald Acuna, Matt Olson, how did they Spencer Strata? How did they come out and shit the bed this hard? Pitching, they only have like one or two pitchers, and you need at least three. I, the pitching, no, I, that, I just that's what still, it is. This I know, but this high powered offense, I mean, the Phillies, the Phillies pitching ain't much better. Their pitching is a, is a little more consistent. They've also shown that they could beat the Braves two years in a row. The Phillies have the Braves number as well. I just I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious when when arguably the top team in baseball can come in and just get absolutely wrecked. Well, the top five in the playoffs. The top five teams with the most wins in the regular season did not win a series. So uh, it shows that the home the home team shit's up for grabs this year. I'll tell you what, I am I am rooting for the Phillies to lose the next one. I cannot take another another Philly sports, anything around here because these, these people just don't shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> yeah, they, they are. They, they could have a Philly. team like the Phillies could go 0 162 for 100 years straight. They could do the Cubs route, win a World Series, and like you just hear about it for the next 40 years. Yeah, that's Philly fans, man. We saw it when the, when the Eagles won it in 2017 uh, when the whole fucking Nick Foles and Carson Wentz year, but. Great show, boys. We have some fucking score predictions tomorrow. Still won't have Chris, so I'll have his picks ready to go. But do a little studying. Lions, Ravens, Bears, Raiders, tough week. And then just a preview, Falcons, Bucks. So at least two of us have a tough game yeah. to play. Looks like I'll be picking first again this <laughs> week. Yeah, I haven't added up. I, it's either going to be your doc. I, I went eight and seven. Um, yeah, yeah. My, my I picks think... in the show are a little different than my actual picks, so maybe. Yeah, mine were the same. Who did I take? Browns or Niners last week, Luke? Who did I take? Uh, you, you took Browns with the asterisk that Sean Watson was playing. <laughs> but so, we didn't accept the asterisk. Have... We made that pretty clear. Yeah. We, we did. We did make that clear. Yeah. And I still stuck with him. He he, did, he didn't text me saying, "Hey, change it." So he he was on him, <laughs> but. Yeah, the Ravens, or I'm sorry, the Niners now aren't 17-0, so and the, the Eagles definitely weren't going to go 17-0. But no undefeated teams and just one defeated team to the, the Carolina Panthers. But, boys, that's Luke Rule. That's Nick Ducks Kirkwin. Shout out to you, Chris. I'm Mark Davis. It's All About the Balls podcast, and we are out. Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Balls podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at The Sack House.